Hello, my friends. Welcome. Thank you for coming in for the bonus episode here at Ponte QB. This is the episode. I used to joke that it was the stuff I couldn't get into episode one. We're more business and get the job done. And bonus episode is fun. It's just, it's kind of a tag team of, hey, what do you feel like talking about? And I thought the best way to start the bonus episode is kind of the way we started last week's bonus episode. The college football championship game happened. Kind of. <laughs> the, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs absolutely steamrolled TCU, sixty-five to seven, and add in the old uh, what's the old overused adage? It wasn't that close. No, I mean uh, Stetson Bennett, the the forty-year-old quarterback. I, I I know he's not that old, but Stetson Bennett, the walk-on, the famed walk-on for the Georgia Bulldogs. He threw for 304, four touchdowns, no picks, added 39 yards rushing, two rushing touchdowns. This game was 38-7 at the half, and, and, and you just knew. Yeah, from from go, this game was over. And, which is weird, because going in, I think we both liked TCU. Maybe it was more of a rooting for the underdog teats. I don't think anybody thought this was going to happen. Yeah, no, they got absolutely... It, it was celebrated. You had all the stuff, the, the flags, the singing, all the... You know, they were ready for this game in... in, in it just wasn't a game. I, I think that uh, the talent on the field dictated what was going to happen. I think um, what 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 was the Michigan game where I think they weren't prepared for TCU. I think Georgia was like, this is a national championship. We're not going to let anybody sleep. Yeah, we're not going to sleep on anybody. We're just going to pound them. Yeah, we're and, not. And that's the thing. Yeah. Is they, they were just not messing around. And I was going to ask you, on the, on the, before we praise Georgia and everything that has become the Georgia Bulldog program, let me ask you this. For TCU, was it better to get there and get blasted or to have got, not gotten there at all? No, it's a, it's a great accomplishment to even get there. I mean, the fact that you were playing in the national championship game for the national championship helps your helps your university out, in my opinion, leap by miles and stuff like that. Now, granted, if you're, if you're not going to make it, if you're going to, I would say the only other way is, is, but you wouldn't want that. You want to be in the playoffs. The only other way is if they didn't make the playoffs, and they were like, "We had a legitimate reason." Yeah, the, claim the Central to be there. Florida. Yeah, you know, where when, you were when they finished undefeated, and, and yeah. you finished you, you finished undefeated, and then you played against like Arkansas or something like that in the bowl game, and you smoked them too. Then you could turn around and be like, "Well, hold on." Well, that's the case I was trying to make. Is like, let's say hypothetically, Michigan wins by a last second field goal last week, and it was a close game. You're like, man, if TCU could have just made it, they might have given the Bulldogs for a run for their money. But to see it and and them get blasted, you're like, and, and even though even TCU in the in the post game they admitted they're like, we're just a tier below. We're just we're we're not there. And, and granted, we're talking about TCU, Texas Christian University, a, an enrollment of twelve thousand students on, on a campus of of three hundred acres. They went up against the big dog. They they went up. You know what? Credit to them. They had a great season. They they beat Michigan, which nobody thought was gonna, which a lot of people didn't think was gonna happen, something like that. But this was, this was Infinity War with Doctor Strange holding up the one finger. Like I've seen this play out three million times, and how many times did we win? One. It's only that. And guess what? You this this is the one where you got you got one of those three three million chances where it didn't happen. That was not the one that that they won. This was one of those that just absolutely was a slaughter. Yeah, and that's the thing is I. I, I, I watched intently the first half. By the second half, it was on in the background while I stared at my phone. I'm not I didn't even lie. need it. Like I said, by, by before halftime, when you saw they, they got to 30, and you were like, this game's over. It, it, it's just, yeah. I, I think I liked TCU to cover because I was rooting for them more. 
it Georgia is just a, it, it it's just a step ahead. Now let me ask you this: Has Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs taken over the FBS gold standard from Bama? Um, yes. For right now, yes. For I the offseason, they're, they're back to back champions. Yep. Last year in the draft, in the seven round draft era, which started in nineteen ninety four. They broke a record of 15 players drafted. They're looking again, go looking good again this year. I, I'm not again. Let me say the two games that Bama lost were were close. Lost on a field goal. Lost at the end of the game, like it, the last exactly. play of the game. Exactly. I mean, it, you you could say they were two kicks in the air away from being undefeated. I'm not saying that Bama's washed up and done. What I'm saying is I feel like Georgia has established themselves as the gold standard. And Bama's two, Ohio State three, and then there's everybody else. Yeah, but you know what? I would I would say I would argue with you a little bit on that. I would say that the gold standard doesn't mean exactly what it used to anymore. Because in the past it used to be come to Alabama, I'll make you an NFL star. You know, come to Georgia, we're gonna make you an NFL star. And stuff like that. Like we're gonna I feel like you can get there pretty much anywhere now. You can get there almost anywhere. Let me say that. Uh, no, yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Almost anywhere. If you go to one of the bigger conferences, you can play at a big you can play at one of the bigger schools against big teams and lose and still be a top pick. I mean, look, Will Levi from Kentucky, I mean, they did not have a great season, and he's one, he's the third best quarterback in the draft, according to uh, according to you according, know, Kuiper and yeah, Mache yeah. And, yeah. So I mean, so can you succeed there? Yes. And I'll say another thing that's going to stop it, it stop things is it's really hard for players to go somewhere and redshirt and sit somewhere on the sidelines, especially now where you're going to get paid ten million dollars to go play somewhere, and then you leave after one season to get fifteen million dollars to go play somewhere else. Good for them. I mean, absolutely good for them. Yeah, we talked about this. I understand what you're saying. It's harder for programs to keep their players. But I tell you what, if you have Georgia or Bama on the front of your jersey, you've got a better chance of getting drafted than you do if you've got Maryland, you know, or Vanderbilt, you know, or Oregon State on the front. Well, does does where does Stetson Bennett fall in with the quarterbacks? He, he doesn't. He, he's <laughs> twenty five years old. Yeah, there are there are seven or eight starting quarterbacks that are old that are younger than Stetson Bennett. Oh God, who was the the old quarterback uh, for the the Carolina Panthers? It was like twenty seven when he got drafted. Oh, Winky. Yeah, Winky. Yeah, yeah that's. I, I, it kind of reminds me. I, I'm like, oh, Whedon. Whedon. Brandon Whedon. He he left baseball. He he left. He he went into the baseball draft. They drafted him. He went and played in the minors for a little bit, and that wasn't working out. So then I'm he, just saying, he like, usually back into the you draft. don't see a, a guy like like Stetson Bennett. I he might get taken at the end somewhere. Maybe maybe the Patriots take him in the sixth or seventh round because you know the whole thing with uh, Belichick and the SEC. But I I I mean. There's too many good quarterbacks in this draft. Again, it, I'm not saying it's the draft class. What was the draft? Was it 93 when it was uh, Rivers, uh, Roethlisberger, and, and Eli Manning? I, I don't put Eli in there, but you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the draft they're talking about, and the old school one was Marino and Kelly. And, and This is not one of those drafts. It's also not as bad as last year's draft. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Bryce Young will probably go first, and let's transition right into there. DraftKings already has the odds out for the number one pick in the draft. The favorite, Bryce Young at minus 125. C.J. Stroud is plus 175. Willie Anderson Jr. is plus 600. Jalen Carter plus 800. And if you're looking for more surprise, Will Levi, I'm sorry, Will Levis 
Yes. Plus fifteen hundred. What do you like out of those? Uh, it's gotta be it's gotta be Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. I mean, I don't think the Bears the Bears aren't gonna sit there. I, I was just gonna say, you know what DraftKings is telling us with those odds that, that, that the Bears won't have the first pick in the no. draft. And they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. Because guess what? If you're if you're Ryan Poles, if you're a GM for the Bears, if you're anybody in the GM, in the Bears scouting and so that, you should be looking at what you can get for this first pick overall. Because what the Bears need, the Bears don't need another quarterback. They have Justin Fields. We've been talking about it in our group text with a whole bunch of our friends and stuff like that that we do fantasy football with. And it's like, what do you want from these guys? Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. What do you want them to be? And if you told me in two years they were going to be playing like Justin Fields, you'd be ecstatic about it. You'd be like, cool, we're on the right track. So why would you trade for somebody hoping that they end up being the person that you already are? When that came up in the chat, my first thing was, how do I delete this guy from our group chat? (laughs) My second was like, okay, do I clap back? Do I actually (laughs) engage? And I did. And, And we had fun with it. But it was like... Half the league is looking for a quarterback. It's taken the Bears, what, 105 years to find (laughs) one? And you want to get rid of him already? The narrative was, oh, well, he's just a runner, blah, blah. That's what they said about Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. Don't give me that crap. He's not just a runner. You know why he was a runner? Because he was either that or throw from your back. Yeah. He had nobody on the offensive line, no one to throw to. Imagine this guy, again, what did the Bills do for Josh Allen? They got him, uh, Stephon Diggs. What did, what did the Eagles do for Jalen Hurts? They got him, A.J. Brown. They've, the Eagles also have an offensive line where they have uh, Kelsey's brother and uh, Jason Kelsey and, uh, you know, they, they have uh, Lane Johnson. Yeah, yeah they, have they have dominant offensive linemen. offensive linemen. What I'm saying is take a guy with talent, surround him with talent, and good things happen. I, I don't understand that narrative. You have to completely dismiss it. That being said, again, the odds are telling you the Bears will not finish with the first overall pick if you're telling you Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the two favorites. So I give you – there's three teams in the top 20 that have two picks, okay? The Texans have pick number 22 and 12. Seattle – two and two and tw- – yeah, I'm sorry, 2 and 12. Yeah. I apologize. Yes, the Texans have 2 and 12. Seattle has – pick number five and pick number 20, and Detroit as pick number six and pick 17. It can be said that each one of those teams needs a quarterback. The Texans definitely do. Now, if they stand pat, if they stay at number two and they get C.J. Stroud, I'm sure they'll be happy and they'll be fine with that. But of those three teams that have two picks, do you see one of them moving up? The Texans, the Lions, or the Seahawks? No, I don't. I don't see it. I don't think either one, any of those teams want to give up those two two picks to move up. Especially the Texans aren't going to move up two, uh, one spot and give up give up two picks. Um, I think you're going to see a team like Indy probably give you a switch of first, give you a first next year, maybe give you a player, um, and and maybe like a, a third or a fourth next year or something like that, or a third or fourth this year. So that you might see four picks go for this and some of that. If you're trading down five, six spots for it, I mean, if you're trading with Indy and you're trading down three spots, I love it. I was just going to say, and that you read my mind. That's exactly where I was going. Indy doesn't have the assets, but they can trade future assets. If they switch first, throw in a second this year, a first next year, a second in a couple of years, they give them four picks to move up from four to one. It works for both teams because Indy would get their quarterback because Indy has been juggling. We've detailed it. Matt Ryan, Sam Elgner, Nick Foles, Phillip Rivers, uh, 
Jacoby Brissett, yeah, Carson the, Wentz, they've juggled. The if Indianapolis the, Colts cannot pick up another veteran quarterback. They just can't. They, they need they to start to. with their future, and they need to say who is going to be our quarterback of the future. Because you can't keep piecemealing this together and keep trying to throw a quarterback in there and make yourself relevant. It hasn't happened. And for the Bears, it would be perfect because they have more than one hole. If sitting at number one and taking a, a, a generational defensive <clears throat> talent would change your team, Perfect, but they don't. They but have they're holes. not there. If they can move down to four, they can still get. Now, now, if the Colts move up to one, they're going to do it to get Bryce Young. I'm. I understand everybody else is sold on Bryce Young. For me, he's a little small. He's a little slight to be in the NFL. But okay, if the Colts move up to number one to get Bryce Young, and the Texans take C.J. Stroud, that still leaves with the Bears with either Will Anderson Jr. or Jalen Carter. Perfect. Exactly. Win win. So that would be the ideal. The Bears scenario. still get their guy and move move multiple spots. Move move a couple. Now of spots I think down. a wild card. If you look in the seven eight nine range, you've got Las Vegas at seven, Atlanta at eight, and I know they just took Desmond Ritter, and Carolina at nine. Carolina has been dying to get a quarterback. They've been cycling through Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, uh, S- Sam Darnold. Uh, I mean uh, Baker Mayfield. They've been cycling trying to get their guy. In that little window there of Vegas at 7, Atlanta at 8, Carolina at 9, do you see the wild card coming from that bunch? Yes. Because everything that the every because what the Bears need, those teams have. The Bears need receivers and they need receiving help. And so with that, if you're going to move down 9 and you're going to make a trade that swaps those and you get like a, a second round pick or a first round pick next year and you get DJ Moore, I love it. I yeah. love it. You need you need a number one receiver. Chase Claypool is not a number one receiver. And that's the thing. Is Darnell if, Mooney is not a number one receiver. And Equinemius St. Brown sure as heck ain't a number one receiver. No. Although they did extend him for another year. Dante Pettis <laughs> is not a number one receiver. I mean, you have bare bones with that wide receiver, with that wide receiver room. And you know what? If you're going to make a move with the Raiders and try to and, and swap picks and get a Devontae Adams or swap swap picks with Carolina and get a DJ Moore... You know what I mean? More power to you. More, Absolutely. Go for it. Because let me tell you something. Every single one of these guys, we're going to talk about wide free re- free agent wide receivers coming up in this, <laughs> in this <laughs> and it's bad. But guess what? All the other, all the moves they made: Stephon Diggs, uh, AJ Brown, all these Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, all yeah. these moves that were made and stuff like that were about guy. Well, maybe not Tyreek Hill, but the other two guys were all about guys that were moving the following season. So you trade for the guy now, you extend him. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, because yeah. A.J. Brown was going to be a free agent this year. Terry McLaurin was going to be a free agent this year. Stephon Diggs was going to be a free agent the year after they traded They traded him to Buffalo. So you tra- make a trade for a guy that's going to be a free agent next year, and then you, you give that guy the big payday, whether it's like a guy like a Michael Pittman or um, a D.J. Moore or something like that. You go out and you give the guy the payday now. You go out and get that guy now. That they don't have to do all that trading and stuff like that. You get get them now when you instead of racing with everybody else to to get the guy the year later. You're not wrong. All right. Speaking of free agent wide receivers, because we just talked about possibly trading for somebody that's going to be a free agent next year. Let's talk about the free agents that are this year, Tim. Wait. Oh, let, let me get my beer. Hold on. Okay. You go can ahead. drink your beer while I tell you this. We're going to go with receivers first because we're going to start with the low and work our way. It up. is ugly. All right. Wide receiver free agents going into next year. Nelson Aguilar. Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, Byron Pringle, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mac Hollins, 
Nicole Hardman, Noah Brown, Paris Campbell, Greg Dortch, Darius Slayton. Tim, is there a one in the bunch here? No, there isn't. There is there a two in the bunch here? I was here? just going to say that I don't know that there's a two in the bunch. I, I mean, uh, I can say positive things about Darius Slayton because he's been pressed into action for the Giants. I can say positive things about Jacoby Myers. As a Patriots fan, I've watched him all year. He's done good with Mac Jones. I don't know that I can say positive things about anyone else on this list. And maybe Juju? Because no. he's, he's had a history. You had Patrick Mahomes, and you couldn't. Uh, again, I understand he had injury issues, and that that's what happens when you play a collision sport. But his golden years, if you will, with Ben Roethlisberger were a long time ago. I mean, ago. Mac Hollins had a. Mac Hollins, Noah, Noah Brown, these guys have actually. You know, had had decent games. They this they season. had decent games because we had no expectations yes, for them. Yeah, that they just if you look at their numbers overall, none of these guys are going to get money and change the course of your NFL team. No, not at all. Which which is why the Bears traded a second round pick. I, again, I don't mean to make keep making it a regional broadcast, but I understand why the Bears at the time did not know they'd have the number one pick in the draft. And I understand why they traded for Chase Claypool because he's still on an affordable deal. But is Chase Claypool and they saw worth, this list? But is, if you say it right now, is Chase Claypool worth the first pick in the second? Round? No, no. But at the time of the trade deadline, I'm sure they didn't think they'd finish the season by losing that many games in a row. All right. So I gave you those wide receivers, and it's not good. Okay. Let me throw out the right the running back free agents coming into this season. This is good. This is good. This is going to be quite the off season. Saquon Barkley, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Josh Jacobs. Now you're talking about the leader in touchdowns in Jamal Williams and the leader in rushing in Josh Jacobs. Raheem Mostert, Deonta Foreman, Miles Sanders, Jeff Wilson, David Montgomery, Damian Harris, Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, James Robinson. Tim, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert on the same team. Gone. Yep, like you got a Miami team that's going to lose both of their running backs. So I understand where you're like, oh, what teams need running backs? Well, there's a lot of teams on this list here that are losing multiple running backs. Yeah, no, Miami will need a running back if if they don't. The thing is, if Mike McDaniel stays there, which I I, I shouldn't have to say that he should. He deserves more than one year. It's not his fault too. Got hurt. If he stays there, he brings back one of those guys. He likes that guys he's familiar with. One of those guys is going to come back. If not, this is a very impressive list. Everyone on this list had a good year, not named James Robinson. <laughs> he has had good years in the past, and, and it, it didn't work out for him in New York. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, New York. Didn't he go to the Jets? He went to the Jets. Yeah, it just he just yeah. didn't play for the Jets. Yeah, he just didn't play. I think <laughs> I, he's been hurt. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm just saying, that being said, everyone else on this, Deonta Foreman looked amazing after they traded Christian McCaffrey. And he looked good in, in relief of Derrick Henry on occasions. Yeah. Saquon Barkley started off great, and then the Giants decided, nah, we don't need to run the ball. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this list is pretty impressive, but you're right. I mean, the Dolphins, in theory, could lose two guys. The Carolina Panthers, if they lose Deontay Foreman, they can't use solely Chuba Hubbard. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Rashad Penny leaving Seattle, I think they'll be okay with Ken Walker. But the Giants have a gaping hole if Saquon Barkley takes money from somewhere else. But you know what? We're the we're talking about a, right now a, a running back free agency class that has guys that have been backing up that are qualities that could be quality starters. Tony Alexander, Pollard, Madison, Alexander Madison, yep. Tony Pollard. I mean, these guys 
Deontay Foreman has been a backup to Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. These guys have been drafted by those teams. It's not like they could just force their way out. They were never going to get in front of Zeke or Kareem Hunt. That's what case I tried to make in the offseason for Kareem Hunt. Hmm. He was not, because he didn't get his trade, he was not allowed to show what he could do, and now he will not get himself a big payday because he sat behind Nick Chubb. Well, and now look where he's at. Where where he's at compared to all these other guys, I can name probably about eight guys I would want to That's why I supported his attempt to try to get a trade in the offseason because now look where he is. Yeah. He didn't have an opportunity to show himself. Mm-hmm. Had he went to one of these teams that needed a running back, maybe he would have had an opportunity to show himself. If if you had a if you had a choice here, who who would you go after? If you were if you were the if let's say let, okay, so we're from Chicago. Let's say you're you're a Bears you're a Bears coach, you've got you've got a bunch of cap money. Who are you going for? I don't know that I'm spending cap money on a running back. Mm-hmm. It's not a smart investment. That being said, you've got Justin Fields on a rookie deal for two more years. Then you've got the fifth-year option because he was a first-round pick. So if you want to throw a three-year deal at somebody, give me some Tony Pollard. Yeah, absolutely. You I know? love it. I, he 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 doesn't have too much tread on the tires because he, he's been the, the 1B to Zeke for most of his time. He's he's a He stays on the field for all three downs. Give me some Tony Pollard. Can you, can you name somebody... I got a guy on my list here where it's like, can you name somebody that he goes, he goes somewhere else, and he he Peyton Hills is it? You know what I mean? Where it's like, hey, he was good, and now he's not good. Josh Jacobs, really? Uh, was- uh, he he had a great year this year. He's had some couple good years. If you're asking me one guy on this list that falls off a cliff, I say Josh Jacobs. I say, say J- you, uh, Jamal Williams. I think Jamal Williams was in the perfect situation with a, a Detroit team that can move the ball down the field and then gets him in a comfortable position to, to score from the, you know, inside the five. And I think if he if he does not stay in Detroit, if he stays in yeah, Detroit, he's in a perfect one yard spot. Touchdown, I understand. In fantasy, yeah. one-yard touchdowns are not sustainable. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to say the caveat, you said go somewhere, turns into Peyton Hills. I think Jamal Williams stays in Detroit. If Jamal Williams stays in Detroit, he's fine. If Jamal Willis goes somewhere else and everyone thinks that, oh, he led the league in touchdowns, he's our he's our guy, kind of a thing like that. You better find somebody to run inside the twenties. Cause I don't I feel like Jamal Williams is ca- characteristically the last two seasons been a guy that that is your goal line guy. He's not a guy that's uh that that is is running inside the tw- outside the twenties. Yeah, I think the most valuable guys on this list are the guys that have shown flashes but don't have too much quote tread on the tires i brought up tony pollard and you agreed alexander madison has been behind delvin cook yeah when he's on the field he looks really good i i think he when given the opportunity could be really good jeff wilson has had no expectation has shown flashes i think if he ends up in a system similar to what he did in san francisco i think he su- could succeed damian harris worries me because anytime Bill Belichick's willing to get rid of somebody. They don't usually succeed at their next stop. So uh, it's an interesting list for sure. Definitely the polar opposite of that wide receiver list. Yeah, yeah. So what do you have on your? What do you have next on your agenda that you wanted to talk about, Tim? I wanted to mention in in, in talking about Jamal Williams that transitions into the list I got here. These are the 2022 NFL season records that fell this year. We just wrapped up the regular season. That'd be fun. Some of them we'd reference, so I can go through them a little bit quicker. Geno Smith set the single-season Seahawks passing record. I bring that up because you're talking about a Seahawks team that has had Russ for a lot of years. They had Warren Moon play on this, and they had David Cray. Yet Geno Smith set the single-season Seahawks passing record at 4282. Yeah, didn't Warren Moon even play one season for the Seahawks? I'm just saying that that 
factually speaking, again, yes, Warren Moon only played a, a one or two seasons for the Seahawks. What I'm saying is when you have luminaries, if you will, in your, you know, we're not talking about Bears quarterback history. When you have luminaries in your court for Geno Smith to hold the single season record, that's pretty impressive. You know that, you know that Seahawks now have four, two 4,000 yard passers and the Bears have none. In in a hundred and five years, <laughs> yeah, I we I wasn't gonna go there, but you, factually speaking, you're accurate. P- if you're going to NFL records, Patrick Mahomes set the NFL single season record for offensive yards. Yes. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I went to the NFL.com to reference that. Yes, uh, at, he had five thousand six hundred fourteen offensive yards. 52-50 passing, 358 rushing, and six receiving because he had a pass. So he passed. But that also counts for sack yards too. Yeah. So uh, he had he passed Drew Brees' 2011 mark at 55-62. So Pat Mahomes NFL single season record for offensive yards. Yeah. Tom Brady, you already referenced it. Tom Brady broke his own record. He set the single season NFL record for completions with 490 and attempts for 733. Hmm. So you you already referenced that he broke his own record. Yeah, but great great job for a team that made zero attempt to run the ball. Ninety percent of the season, which is weird because they drafted Richard White, who who's got talent, and they paid playoff Lenny, and yet they're like, nah. Maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe we're all fools. Maybe they're holding him out for the playoffs. That's what I said. I said playoff <laughs> Lenny. Here we go. They're just going to run the ball the whole time. Brady's going to be like, yeah, it worked for Manning that one year. With the- yeah. I, one more thing about Tom Brady before we move on. Tom Brady has played 23 NFL seasons. 23 NFL seasons! This is his first time he's ever had a losing record. I, unbelievable. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, we talked about Tomlin, who's, who's coached 16 seasons as head coach, and he never had a losing record. Tom Brady, 23 seasons. Even the season where he tore his ACL week one and missed the whole rest of the season, the Patriots still finished 9-7. Yeah. Point. Yeah, they well ten and six. They played sixteen yeah, yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Matt Castle led him to ten and six. <clears throat> um, more NFL records before we get to some of the teams. Dak, we talked about Dak, uh, Dak Prescott. You're talking about his pick sixes. He tied Davis Mills for the NFL lead in interceptions with fifteen. Why is that relevant? He missed five games. <laughs> That's the first time ever that an NFL player has missed that many games and still tied for the league lead, if you will. I'm doing the parentheses. Um, in interceptions. So I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, well, he's also thrown a pick in the last seven games. Uh, yeah. And, th- those and multiple are... pick sixes on those. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I, I'm telling you, he shows potential. Everybody likes him. He's a likable guy, but he just hasn't taken the next step. Um, Titans rookie puncher Ryan Stonehouse, talking about punchers, set the single-season record with a 53.1 gross average, beating out Hall of Famer Sammy Bow. Interesting. Interesting. Can I can I run back here? Please. Do. I want to. I want to. I want to run you back here to Dak here for a second. I saw something uh, on uh, on on uh, ESPN that actually made me die laughing. I actually. I think I sent you a picture of it. You did. Um, and I want to share this because I thought it was absolutely hysterical. Is that they said Dak in this in this uh, postseason now has to step up so he can ascend to the level of Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. <laughs> and I started laughing because I was like, wait, last year Jalen Hurts had like the uh, MO as a running quarterback that couldn't really throw the ball. And he took that step this season. So really, we were only talking about how great jo- you know, like how great Jalen Hurts was putting a season together by week six of this season. So we're literally talking about something that, we're talking about him ascending 
to be somebody that's younger than him that we said was finally a good quarterback two months ago. Hey, first take has to fill two hours. I, every day, I just I was like, what are we talking about? Here? <laughs> I'm like, who are I'm like Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and, uh, and Jalen Hurts are all younger than Dak, and we're all like, and then and on ESPN for some reason they're going. Well, he's got to ascend to those guys' level. I'm like, he missed it. He missed that train. That train has left the station. Yeah, he 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 has proven to be, and until he takes the next step, he's a good, not great quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. And, sorry, and, sorry, I'll let you get no, back. No, 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 no. What you said is accurate yeah. and, and funny. Um, continue on, and this is something you referenced last week. The Eagles are the first team ever to have four players get 10-plus sacks in a single season. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat. Uh, Javon Hargrove and Brandon Graham all had 10-plus sacks. That's the first time that's ever happened. That's so- insane, the amount of pressure they were putting on that, those quarterbacks. Oh, wait till the playoffs. Yeah. They don't get to play this week, but these guys yes. are resting up. They're licking their chops. Just you wait, my mm-hmm. friend. Going back to the uh, team records, we already mentioned it. Jamal Williams set the Lions' single-season record for rush touchdowns uh, with 17 passing Barry Sanders. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and how... Uh, appreciative he was of it, and like I said, he de- de- he dedicated the season to his his great grandfather who passed away. Uh, very emotional. If you see the uh, interview, um, it, it'll 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 get you. It'll get at you. But uh, like yeah, I said, the, the one first right half was, the, right, was the second half. The, the second, second half, half was he, a WWE yes. like a heel promo. Yes, yeah. yeah. Where he he like turned into a, you gonna you gonna talk me. You gotta talk the the talk the Detroit Lions. I mean, it was it was pretty. You were just waiting for like NW oh, four. You're sitting there. You sit there. You're like, oh man, God, man, this guy, man, to to go through that this season and, and power through that. That's awesome. So then he starts talking. You're like, whoa, what is this? When he starts screaming and yelling at the camera, like, you go ahead, we're coming for you guys. Oh jeez, you know, hard, lock, hard yeah. knocks loved him. Oh, you yeah, tell that. Yeah. Uh, one more when it comes to the team uh, records. AJ Brown set the Eagles single season receiving record. At uh, 1496, he passed a guy named Mike Quick. Mike Quick, man. <laughs> 1980s Mike Quick. I got a couple of football cards from like 85 I just think it's great. It, of Mike Quick. I was a fan of Mike Quick. If the you go to Tecmo previous, Super Bowl, he's on there. Isn't that amazing, though, that the previous record holder was a wide receiver named Mike Quick? Yep. Tecmo Bowl. I wouldn't say Tecmo Super Bowl. Yeah, Tecmo, Tecmo Bowl. Bowl the original. Mike Quick is on Tecmo Bowl. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. All right, Tim, let me throw a couple of things out here. A couple of, of minimal things here that I really wanted to throw out here. I found these things interesting. So the, is this a get a beer segment? No, 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 no. This is, <laughs> this is drink your beer segment. All right. So the seedings um, and how they relate to Super Bowl wins. The number one seed since the Super Bowl era started has won the Super Bowl 53% of the time. Um, the lowest is a tie between three seeds. And it's now we're not going to count the seven because the seven's zero percent because they've never won a Super that, Bowl that because it's started. only been it's only started for a couple of seasons, all right. Now the the three that are tied, the the sixth seed, the fifth seed, and the three seed have won the Super Bowl only four percent of the time. Wow! Each things are not looking so good in for fifty the, for something the Super Bowls. Huh? Yeah, so for fifty something Super Bowls, you're talking about they they've only had two Super Bowl wins at each of those seeds. So that the four seed, twelve point eight percent. Now I will say this: this is a caveat here um, for everyone to, if you remember, up until about twelve to fifteen years ago, there were only six teams that made the playoffs, and there were three, three divisions. divisions. Yeah. So the first wild card was the four seed 
way back when. Which was the team that had a lot of times had the second best record yes, when it happened. At, exactly. exactly. Yeah. There were plenty of times where Jacksonville was the first wild card at twelve and four or thirteen and three or something like that. And you know, like I'm just saying, like teams like that. We talk about like Washington Redskins, the the New York Giants, and stuff like that. When they had that dominant um, time in the East, when you're playing against when you're playing against the uh, the Buffalo Bills, the Super Bowl, and so like that. A lot of those teams were, were wild cards because it was such a tight division and it was such a good division. So a lot of those teams had to be in the four seed. Now the second the second spot at 21 percent is the two seed, but 50 percent of the time. So more than half the time, 53% of the time, more than half of the time, the one seed wins the Super Bowl. Does that change how you think about this Super this this season, this postseason? No, I, I still feel like I'm thoroughly impressed with what the Eagles have accomplished. You cannot discount the Chiefs because Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid is a great thing. I still believe the Bills, had they played a full 17 games, would have been the one seed. And I still believe the Bills are a team of destiny. All right. I kind of I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree but with you. But 53% is not something you can discount. The last the last rookie to lead his team to the Super Bowl was Ben Roethlisberger and he won the Super Bowl. I don't know if he led his team. That was the in Detroit yeah. the Jerome Bettis Super Bowl and I, I he he happened to be the quarterback of that team. I don't know that he led them there, but so I understand what you're let saying. Let me throw this little thing out here for you. If Brock Purdy Gets, gets the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl. He doesn't even need to win. If he gets them to the Super Bowl, next season is Brock Purdy QB1 on the San Francisco 49ers. He has to. I, I mean, I'm not going to say Tom Brady. Because remember when Drew, Drew Bledsoe, who was a very good and accomplished quarterback in this league, when Drew Bledsoe got hurt and Tom Brady stepped in and led them, you couldn't ignore that. I'm not going to... Yes, I just said Brock Purdy and Tom Brady in the same sentence. That has to end. Next paragraph. That being said, if he does get them to the Super Bowl, you can't ignore that, can you? No, I don't think I mean, he can. he's already gone six straight games with two-plus touchdown passes. He started his career 5-0 and as a starter. If he can get his team to the Super Bowl, holy cow. I understand the machine that is running the Niners. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is back. I, I think I've said it before. I think Jimmy Garoppolo either gets reunited with Josh McDaniels in, in Las Vegas, or I think he goes back to New England, where Bledsoe or Belichick didn't want to let him go to begin with, and he's not sold on Mac Jones. I don't think Garoppolo's back in San Fran. I understand they gave up a ton of draft capital to get um, Trey, Lance. Trey Lance, but you can't ignore. If he does that, you can't ignore it. I understand you were looking for a short answer, and I'm sorry. But it's just, you know, like there's so much back in the memory bank that hasn't been concussioned out. Uh, I, I mean, remember when the Washington football team took Robert Griffin III in the first round and Kirk Cousins in the fourth round? Because that's what Shanahan, Mike Shanahan Sr. really wanted, mm-hmm. you know, or that's what he really wanted. Yeah. And then there'll be Kirk Cousins' show. Watch it happen again where they moved up, gave up all that capital to get Trey Lance. And then Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy slides I slides on in and becomes the next Kurt Warner Tom Brady story. Isn't that the the greatest Mr. Irrelevant story, Mr. Irrelevant player ever at this point? That's what I'm saying because like Kurt Warner already got his own movie where yeah. he went from bagging groceries and the Iowa Bornstormers to you know Hall of Famer, and Tom Brady was a six round pick to the goat. Brock Purdy to go from Mr. Irrelevant to the Super Bowl would be amazing. So let me throw this out to you. Now that we were talking about Brock Purdy, let's transition to another quarterback. Derek Carr has, on Twitter, 
on social media, in the newspapers, wrote his goodbye to the Las Vegas slash Oakland Raider fans. Um, and it was very gracious about all that stuff and was also like, I yeah, said I didn't want to play. You did reference it. I wanted to yeah. echo it again. When, when Henry Ruggs had his car accident and, and all that stuff, people were busting chops to Derek Carr because he was crying because men aren't, men aren't allowed to cry. I, I tell you what, he was a leader. That team respected him. I have utmost respect for Derek Carr. Okay, that being said, <clears throat> he has said he wants to play. He said before, I don't want to play for anybody else. I just want to be a Raider. Da, da, da. And he got his extension. Didn't work out. Raiders have already basically told them they're moving on. The question is, the question is, Derek Carr's cap hit because of the, the extension they signed him for, the Raiders, the next three seasons. 2023, $33.7 million. 2024, $41.9 million. 2025, $41.2 million. Tim, isn't he pretty much untradeable for? You can't trade and take that cap hit on for no reason. You pretty much have to wait for the Raiders to release this guy so you can put in a contract that is actually somewhat friendly to a team. That being... I understand what you're saying. You're right. For the Raiders, it might have to be a, you know... uh, What what did the Browns get for Baker Mayfield? A conditional seventh-round pick Mm -hmm. or something to that effect? If someone's going to do that, they're going to do the I don't want to risk not getting him in free agency, Derek Carr. That being said, in today's quarterback market, that's the going rate. I just don't see... Because Baker got released by... But Baker hasn't accomplished nearly in this league what Derek Carr has. I understand that. But you're also talking about a guy that's been in the league for nine years. And I just don't... You're not getting... You're not getting a top 10 quarterback and paying that much money for it. Okay, if the Raiders cut him, I think we've talked about this before, if the Raiders cut him by like February 15th, they've already paid him all his guaranteed money. They don't have to take a cap hit. So So it has to be a release. It it has to be a release. But that being said, if you release me signs for somebody else, tell me he's not going to get that money from somebody else. He's not going to get that much money. You don't think so? I do not think he's going to get that much money. Kirk Cousins' has one playoff win has gotten, what, $120 million? I understand that. But you're like, talking right now, that's $120 million, right? That's $116 million for three years with one guy. That's the going rate for a I, quarterback. I don't think... I don't think that's going to happen. Aaron Rodgers is 39 and he gets 50 million a year. That Aaron Rodgers Kirk is, Cousins just got a 40 million on. a year extension. Aaron Rodgers has done a lot more in his career than okay. Derek Carr has. But Kirk Cousins hasn't. Uh, okay, right. And he's so. got 120 million from the Vikings. Sure, but we're talking about Derek Carr right now. We're not talking about Kirk Cousins and what the Vikings want to give him. So I don't think he basically ha- he cannot be a trade. He's going to have to be a sign after a release. So you think he gets like a one-year prove-it deal? No, I think he might get two or three years from somebody, but it's not going to be for $119 million. He's going to get three years. He's probably going to get $20, $25 million a year. It's going to be like $70-75 million deal. I just don't think a team's going to say, yes, let me give Derek Carr, who the Raiders just threw off the team, a $40 million a year. I, I disagree. I'm telling you, this was the year of the third string quarter. These guys are these teams are desperate. Half the league would love to have a Derek Carr. That that's all I'm saying. I, I mean, and if you don't mind, I say we transition right into our quarterback segment. Yeah, yeah. We were speaking of second and third string quarterbacks, and we had a debate the other day, and so we're gonna go right into it. My I was tasked 
with ranking the best backup quarterbacks this season. Backup slash third string quarterbacks. I'm going to give you list style my top five from five to one. Okay, so before we do that, can I actually just throw this out here? Please do. There are 32 starting quarterbacks at the beginning of the season. We're going to not count Jacoby Brissett as a starting quarterback because Deshaun Watson was going to have that position. So let's go ahead. You can count him in your thing. You can count him in your... In your in your in your best backups things stuff like that, but I'm gonna say I have him down as a backup because Deshaun Watson was supposed Agreed. to be the number one before he got suspended. So 32 starting quarterbacks. There have been 33 backup quarterbacks that have started, totaling 129 starts. Isn't that crazy? 129 starts a season have all been backup quarterbacks. Let me throw this little thing out here for you, Tim. Do you know how many quarterbacks? have completed a pass in this league. So you're talking about we've had 65 different starting quarterbacks in this season. Madness. Can I can I throw this out there? How many different quarterbacks completed a pass in this season? We're not even talking about attempted passes. How many of them completed passes? Are you talking about strictly quarterbacks or like punchers? Uh, no, quarterbacks. Up? I took out all the punchers. I took out all the receivers, uh. all the running backs and all that stuff. What's the number you have for quarterbacks? How many different quarterbacks completed a pass this season? 75. It's got to be a record. 81. Wow. 81 different quarterbacks completed a pass. And if you look at probably the... I haven't even looked at the attempts. I probably should have. But holy cow. 81 different quarterbacks have completed a pass this season. And you don't think Derek Carr is going to get $35 million a year? I don't think so. <laughs> go ahead, Tim. Let's go through Okay, it. so yeah, my, my homework mm. assignment, if you will, was to rank the best backup, the best backup quarterbacks this year. I'm going to start list style at number five. Number five, I got Bailey Zappi. Happy Zappi Hour for New England. Went 2-1 and one as a starter. Completed 73% of his passes. Had a 4-1 to one touchdown interception rate, all as a fourth-round rookie, keeping the New England Patriots in playoff contention. Number four, Cooper Rush. Went 4-1 and one as a starter, including wins over playoff teams Cincinnati and New York Giants. He kept the Cowboys moving without Dak. Number three, Jacoby Brissett. I count him as a backup. He, he is the number two behind Deshaun Watson. He only went 4-7 and seven as a starter. That, that number doesn't seem good, but let me tell you what. He had wins over Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Tampa Bay. Four of his losses were by three points or less. He had a 12-6 touchdown-to-interception ratio and added 243 rush yards with two rush touchdowns. Pretty impressive for Jacoby Brissett. I thought he he is, continues to be in this league, a guy that you can win with, not because of. But I tell you what, there's at least 10 teams in this league that would love to have a Jacoby Brissett. Number two, and I'm cheating a little bit here, Kenny Pickett. Factually speaking, the Pittsburgh Steelers started this year with Mitch Trubisky. Totally true. Totally true. Mitch Trubisky was the starting quarterback. They they paid him to be the starting quarterback. He was the starting quarterback. So Kenny Pickett, he went seven and four as a starter. He got Tomlin to his magic nine and eight. That includes wins over Tampa Bay and Baltimore, who both made the playoffs. Now his touchdown interception was seven and nine, but he did add three rushing touchdowns. What he did as a starter, as a rookie was pretty impressive. And number one, who else? Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy, we've sung his praises. You already said 5-0 as a starter. Uh, six straight games with two-plus touchdown passes. He finished with a 13-4 to touchdown interception ratio, all as Mr. Irrelevant. Who else but Brock Purdy at number one? You know what's funny is, is that I, you know, like, I know that was that was your, your homework assignment, um, but 
Um, I just wrote down a, a list myself here, and you obviously got a lot more in-depth in it with the stats and everything, but I got to say my top two best best backups were on the same team. It was Brock Purdy, and number two was Jimmy, Jimmy G. Yeah, I... Because Trey Lance started as the starter. No, factually speaking, he started the season as, yeah, so technically Jimmy G. I, I understand what you're saying. I I, I felt... <clears throat> I felt dirty if I would have included Jimmy G in on that because I, I think my my segment here I thought and understand I, we were talking about my was talking about the best backup or sort of three quarterbacks this year. I feel like Jimmy G has accomplished enough in this league where he really shouldn't be thrown in that category when he's bouquets thrown at him. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I did, and I understand you were talking. You're, you were going to talk about some of the worst backup quarterbacks this year. I had a segment of most overrated backups that I will reference when you're done. Yes. All right. Worst backups. I'm not I'm not going I'm not even going to go into at 5. I'm going to give you 10. <laughs> all right. Honorable Let me grab my half a right. beer. So honorable mentions here. My honorable mentions, you can't really count them. Um it, it, they they are in my they are in my 10, but I'm not going to count them because they were rookies and they were put in situations they should not have been placed in. Malik Willis was not ready to to start this year. Oh my god. Malik Willis is a a two or three year project before he finally starts seeing the field. They threw him out there and boy was it exposed. I mean this is a guy very that, green. This is a guy that's very green. He could be like a Justin Fields. He can run the ball. He can move around and stuff like that. He just totally was not ready to play NFL football yet. And something like that. And then the second one was Desmond Ritter. I know he was a third or fourth round pick. This guy was not ready to play football this year either. I mean, you would have been better off just letting Mariota just keep playing because Desmond Ritter, the guy played four games before he finally threw a touchdown pass. <laughs> All right, now that's 10 and 9. And I put those down in a little asterisk as the guys, these guys were totally not ready to play football yet. Like these guys are guys you might see as backups or starters down the line, but. We're talking two or three years down the line. These guys were not ready to play football. And, and let, let let it be said, their NFL teams knew that. Yes. Okay. Number eight, Brett Rippon. This guy. <laughs> this, this guy. How this guy is a backup behind Russ in Denver. Man, this guy played some bad football. All right. I'm not going to go into all the stats and all that other stuff. I did. Look, okay. number that. This is just. This just shows how bad. The, the the amount of starting quarterbacks were this year because I've got a whole bunch of other ones. I had it actually I had to actually do like a, a cutoff list here to get to ten. <laughs> Otherwise right. we're having another yeah. three episodes. Yes, week. exactly. We could we could go for another fifteen minutes just talking about it. all right. So that was number eight. Number seven, Trace McSorley. I mean, what are we doing <laughs> with these guys here? I mean at some point you have to think like we're not talking about guys that are like practice squad guys. These are guys that have no business, in my opinion, being being in the NFL anymore. I mean, there's you can't tell me you can't find other players that 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 can play the quarterback position. There's like 117 seniors. <laughs> like there's it's got to be 100 and something seniors coming out of college. You're telling me you can't find a couple more guys to put out there rather than the same guys over and over again. I don't know. Like, like number number. <laughs> And at least McSorley was like the third or fourth option in Arizona, and they had to go to him because they had no choice because of injuries and stuff like that. This one right here makes absolutely no sense to me. Number six, John Wolford. What is this guy do? What are we doing? How is Matt Stafford being backed up by this guy? 
This guy was terrible. He he showed flashes of decent. No, I don't think so. Not with with that team. You you should be showing a lot more than flashes with that team. Number five, Trevor Simeon. I mean, <laughs> you might. I like as you say this. This is not the only Bears back with quarterback you're going to see on this list. All right, Trevor Simeon. I mean, he had some good games for New Orleans like two or three years ago and stuff like that. But I mean, come on. I mean, the guy got hurt. <laughs> the guy got hurt warming up. But they were like, Justin Fields is out. It's going to be Trevor Simeon. Well, wait, we don't know now. He he pulled an abductor muscle or something. They pulled an ab muscle. That entire tablet of, of, of Trevor Simeon could have been summed up with, come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that was 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All right. Number four, Bryce Perkins. Here's another guy has no business, no business being a quarterback. When, when Wolford got hurt and they pulled out Bryce Perkins, and, and it, it seemed like every, every 99% of all the plays was like he went back, he looked like he was going to pass, then he just dropped the ball down by his side and ran. I mean, this dude was running for his life every chance he got. I didn't see him throwing passes. I don't know if I've ever seen him throw a pass still. This year was definitely the outlier. I don't think NFL teams go into the uh, season expecting to need their third stringer. And when you're in a, a league where there's a hard cap, they just want a cheap guy who's taken snaps before. Yep, yep. Number, number three, Kyle Allen. <laughs> I mean, like, I understand he was working out and he was working into some plays where he was splitting splitting some snaps with Davis Mills. Nope. But, oh, my God. Nope. What are... I mean, and and he was he was he was around in, in Cincinnati and stuff like that. But we're talking about years ago. I mean, this guy's been around for a while, and it's just like the journeyman backup that just keeps finding jobs. And why, why? I mean, it's like like Chase Daniels, who isn't even he didn't even make the list. <laughs> Chase Daniels didn't even make this list. To not make your list. You know what I mean? Like number number two. David Blau. <laughs> it's like David Blau started week 18 for Arizona. The fourth different quarterback Arizona started. And they weren't even the only they weren't even the only one. Two teams started two four quarterbacks this season. Four different quarterbacks. All right? But number one is by far. Drum roll, please. You got to say Brock Purdy. I get to say Nathan Peterman. This guy was garbage. For Buffalo, remember when they got rid of Tyrod Taylor and they were like, "We're going to run with Nathan Peterman." You are? Didn't that one game for the Raiders? He, he threw like six interceptions. Or he something? threw like five interceptions in one game, and they and it was more or less like, "Yeah, well, we uh, said we were going to go with him, so we." And he's totally... still in the league. Yeah, he's still in the league. Exactly. Exactly. He's still in the league. I mean, at this point, bring back Johnny How? Manziel. How? <laughs> like, is this guy just a good guy? It's like I feel bad for him. I feel bad for this guy. Let's just keep him on. Like he's a good guy. Yeah, good he guy. must. That must just be it. He must just he be must like be he's great, just a nice guy. He must guy. be a great guy or something. I don't know, but I just like he's the worst. You are the worst. He got benched. He got benched. They brought in like the practice squad guy for the Bears who played so bad that they put Peterman back Tim, in, Tim and they immediately regret it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, buddy. We always finish our bonus episodes, flash fantasy, whatever you want to call it, with a DFS lineup. And this week is no different. There's six games, and there's opportunities to make money, which is what we do for our listeners. Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to be we're going to be doing what we usually do, bumping heads on these. It's possible, but you know, let's face it. There's only six games to choose yeah. from. I'll go through mine first. DFS right. lineup quarterback Daniel Jones. I mentioned it in the main episode. The Vikings are 31st against the pass. 
Daniel Jones is a good value at 5,600. Running back, Austin Eckler. You know, I've told you multiple times when I do my DFS lineup, I don't mind spending money at running back. So Austin Eckler, 8,300. Yes, please. My second running back, Elijah Mitchell. Now, I brought it up that Seattle was 30th against the run. Elijah Mitchell at 4,700 is a great value. If he gets himself 80, 90 yards rushing, gets a rushing touchdown or two, heck yeah, 4,700, absolutely. Wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson. 8,400 for Justin Jefferson, but I tell you what, back in week 16 against the Giants, 12 catches, 133 yards and a touchdown. Against the Blitz, what do you do? You throw it up to your number one guy and he comes down with it. My number two wide receiver, Darius Slayton. He's 4,200, but I wanted to stack somebody with Daniel Jones. Darius Slayton at 4,200 is a great value. Number three wide receiver, DeAndre Carter. I had him on the wrong team last week, but that's okay. <laughs> he's a charger. He's playing against the Jaguars. I brought up how the Jags are terrible against the pass, and he cost me 3600 and Mike Williams is questionable. For a nice 3600 bargain bin, I'll take me some DeAndre Carter. That gave me enough money to get George Kittle as my tight end. 6100 Seattle is 32nd against tight ends. So give me some George Kittle. My flex, Devin Singletary. I wanted somebody from the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills are going to go over their scoring total. So Devin Singletary, 5500 was great as a flex. My defense, the Buffalo Bills. 3300 for the Buffalo Bills. And they're hosting Skylar Thompson. And we're saying defense. It's also defense special teams. If Naheem Hines wants to give himself another return at 3300 give me the Bills. All right, man. So we we are we are definitely on the same page on a lot of these. All right, and, and we do not talk about this ahead. Yeah, of time. we do not talk about this ahead of time. My quarterback Justin Herbert, sixty six hundred. Um, yeah, I'm going with Justin Herbert. Uh, Jacksonville does not do a good job of stopping the pass. Um, if they're if the Chargers are going to have a chance, it's going to have it's going to be through the through the air. I think. Um, my running back number one brought it up in the first podcast. You said we were going to hear him. We are going to hear him. Travis Etienne at sixty three hundred. The 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 Chargers are not just bad against the run. They are historically bad against the run. They're one of the the top ten worst rushing defenses in the past like fifty years. So give me tra- some Travis Etienne in that game. I also have Elijah Mitchell as my RB two. I think this game just uh, sums up just exactly like you did. I think. Can Christian McCaffrey go off? Yeah, but he could also go off by the first half, and this game's out of out of hand. And by the third, four, midway through the third quarter, we're seeing nothing but Elijah Mitchell running the ball, and I think he can get 100 yards on his own as well. Um, give me DK Metcalf as my wide receiver one. I think that Seattle's going to have to throw because they're going to be behind a lot in this game, and they're going to have to throw it. And who better to throw the ball to than DK Metcalf? He's more of the possession guy. See that maybe moving the sticks and stuff like that. Maybe yeah, DK Metcalf give me a good. Seven, eight catches, hopefully 100-something yards, maybe a touchdown. I'll be happy with that. My second wide receiver, Darius Slayton. Give me that 4,200, man. Give me that bargain bin, 4,200. I think Minnesota has a very hard time of stopping the pass. I'll take Darius Slayton to get me at least three, four, five catches, maybe a touchdown. He gets a touchdown. That's just extra stuff right there. Yeah, especially 4,200. you got to be happy about that. My third wide receiver, uh, I I left. It was the last spot I left open here, and I had a budget of seven thousand. So I went I went the, as high as I could to Keenan Allen at seven thousand. Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert. I'm going to match him up with somebody, and let's, hopefully it's Keenan Allen. He has himself a game like he did last week. Left me with the when you're going up for tight end, you go up to the top of the list here. Hopefully, 
George Kittle, 6,100. I told you we were going to be alike on a lot of these here. When you have a defense that is worse than the Arizona Cardinals at stopping a tight end, you go ahead and you start that tight end. So with Seattle is 32nd giving up points to tight ends this year, yeah, you might as well jump all over that. All right. At uh, 5,500, my flex, once again, same as you, Devin Singletary. Give me Devin Singletary. Once again, I think this game is going to be a blowout. And by the time we get to beginning of the fourth quarter, you're going to see a lot of Devin Singletary because they're going to just be running the ball and running clock. Um, and last, that Buffalo Bills defense, man. When you've got 3,300 sitting out there, I mean, I was like, maybe the Bucks because Dak keeps throwing interceptions at 2,300. But I don't need that extra 1,000 because I'm not doing extra. Two words, Skylar Thompson. <laughs> yeah, Skylar Thompson. <laughs> That special teams with the Bills, man. Give me that Buffalo Bills special teams and defense there. Um, Skylar Thompson is not going to have a good week, I don't foresee. Um, yeah, so that's our bonus podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We appreciate it. We hope you guys uh, are enjoying it as much as we are doing it. Um, Tim, anything you wanted to say? Enjoy the weekend, guys. <clears throat> All right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. We are out of here.